Thank you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. Welcome back. Zach Damon is an award-winning producer, broadcaster, actor, and filmmaker. Zach is currently the producer, co-writer, and host of Ann Arbor Tonight, Ann Arbor, Michigan's first late-night audience. Ann Arbor, Michigan's first late-night live audience televised variety show. The show is currently in its seventh season of production. He is also a voice talent for a subsidiary of iHeartMedia, who indicates more than 100 radio programs and services, more than 7,100 radio affiliations, and reaches a quarter billion listeners monthly. His voice can be heard on stations all across the United States and Canada. He is also the owner of Zach Damon Productions, LLC, which was established in 2012, and produces local television, radio, and web-based media content for distribution. The business was formed to make educational, informative, and entertaining media content. Zach Damon Productions is based in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I am so excited to welcome my dear friend, Zach, to the show. Zach, how are you? Katie, I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, of course. Yay, we're here in Michigan together. It's so cool and so exciting. (laughs) It is, it is. And (laughs) I can't tell you how wonderful it is to just see you and be back. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So you're a producer, broadcaster, actor, and filmmaker. And today we're going to be talking about a variety of topics. And it's so impactful that we're actually not going to probably get into everything today. So I definitely already know I'm going to want to have you back on the show. So, but let's do the best that we can. How about that? <laughs> Sounds good. And thank you so much uh, yeah. for just being so complimentary. It means a lot. Yeah. So let's talk about your roots. Like, uh, where are you from? And then what was that intuitive hit for you that you knew like it was entertainment? Like, how did it happen for you? What were your inspirations? Mm, great question. So I would say that aha moment that I knew uh, that show business was for me. Probably when I was about six years old, I was very fortunate uh, to be involved with the March of Dimes organization uh, early on, doing some public speaking and volunteering, doing different engagements. And from there, I was named a Goodwill Ambassador for a good amount of time. So traveled around the state and did uh, a bunch of speaking engagements on behalf of the March of Dimes organization, which works to promote you know, premature birth and the different research and development that they do as well. So that really started it for me, just being around those in the entertainment industry early on and saying, hey, this is really a great industry. And you know, I really enjoyed it from there. And then after that, getting that opportunity, understanding that although I was around uh, media figures at a young age, understanding how important it was to get the education, uh, to be able to hone the craft, if that's really what I wanted to do, and loved every minute of it. Okay, very cool. And I know you're a part of a lot of organizations and charities, and you just mentioned March of Dimes, but for the people who are tuning in and maybe, you know, you gave a brushstroke, but could you give more details of March of Dimes and what they do? Yeah, absolutely. So the March of Dimes organization is a national organization, and they basically raise money for research for babies with premature birth defects. Mm -hmm. So whether that's Um, Those that have been, like myself, born with cerebral palsy, which cerebral palsy is, uh, it happens because the babies are born premature. And that's damage to the cerebellum, which is the part of the brain that deals with muscular coordination, uh, walking, and also speech. Uh, And it's uh, unfortunately one of the most common uh, disabilities in the United States, actually, as of, it's a bit of an old statistic, but I believe as of 2016, 
There were over 250,000 cases of cerebral palsy in the United States, but the March of Dimes doing great things with premature birth uh, research. And uh, yeah, definitely I'm grateful. Yeah, I'm grateful for you. Thanks for sharing. And you know, I've known you literally, I think for over two decades now. We've been <laughs> friends, I think for over two decades. Oh, that's right. You definitely have all the dirt. I'll say that. <laughs> I do. Yeah, all the clean dirt. But yeah. one of the things I really admire about you is your speech, your yeah. uh, diction. So I mean, you're well-spoken, mm-hmm. well-versed, well-educated. And so yeah, um, wow. I mean, Interesting. So was that a part of your journey for, you know, you know, language, you know, growing up in your education? Were you like more heightened and um, kind of sensitive in those areas for you to kind of maybe overcompensate and overlearn and overdo things? Because I know when I'm maybe aware, for example, me, if it's the same or kind of a brushstroke of same, like English was my favorite subject. I grew up as a poet. I loved reading and language. And, you know, I just felt less than in such a way for some other insecure reasons or if something was said to you and you know as a child we take that on to be so true and then we we take it with us so you know when we're sensitive and aware of these certain things we like sometimes I over articulate or over communicate and people have talked to me about my enunciation in such a way and I mean I went off to do the auto show so you know I was speaking in front of thousands of people and it was all about sound vibration the how I'm using my voice so do you want to talk about and because that for you, and I mean, and then how that applies to the craft of, of who we are as a voice talent and being an, an actor in, in entertainment, it's all about sound and speech and it, it kind of all really goes hand in hand. So do you want to share like your journey experience for you? Oh, absolutely. And you bring up so many great points, uh, especially with addiction and vibration and how you speak, because to the audience members listening right now, uh, you know, we care and we want you to be enlightened by listening to this and also the message that Katie has on this wonderful podcast. But yes, exactly. I think growing up, you know, I didn't necessarily know that specifically, right? That communications or the that, that the arts was going to be the avenue uh, of which uh, it could kind of elevate uh, my, my contribution to society uh, in many different ways. Because being born, you know, with a physical disability and cerebral palsy, of course, I couldn't play hockey, uh, even though I wanted to, or I couldn't, uh, be the aggressive skater that I wanted to be in the 90s or different things. But, you know, I could contribute in other ways. And I think, uh, you know, my family had the foresight of that. They said, no, you know, Zach, you can do so many uh, other great things because language uh, is the backbone of what we do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Writing and diction and language, mm-hmm. uh, that is a backbone of entertainment and it's a backbone of what we do. So if we can master language in terms of speaking, but also writing, uh, then that can be a huge, great skill. Mm-hmm. And, and also reading and knowing the knowledge uh, of those that have come before us too, so that we can respect the history of different things. Absolutely. So I think my family uh, was very instrumental in sort of knowing that before I did, but giving me the resources to be able to hone those skills. You know, I used an OT a lot uh, as well growing up. So they taught me a lot about speech, but also writing and different things because I had issues with wrist dexterity so learning cursive, I don't know if they still learn cursive oh, nowadays. I love cursive. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a short story. So okay. one time when I was, you know, I did parts modeling and so I was a hand model yeah. and it was American greeting cards and they wanted cursive and, really? and I got booked on the job because they loved my cursive because okay. I, I love, because of loving language, it goes with penmanship and the vibes of being like a painter, an artist and how you write. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so I, I like, they give an example of what they wanted and I looked it up and then I practice it and I sent it in and I got cast. Obviously my hand had something to do with it as well, but the, uh-huh. the penmanship, yeah. you know, 
when you're um you mentioned like you know diction and and voice and the yeah. backbone so that intelligence of what the history of what you learned and then through your own sound and vibration and you you know share that it's the intelligence of the the history and the information is going into evolution of being forward as a creative, as a as an entertainer. So I think that's really cool. And then speaking of the penmanship, so when you write, do you is it do you have the time on the laptop or do you write with like on a journal? Like how is how is it for you with with when you say writing in twenty twenty three? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I so I am old school. I still write in a notebook every day and I write my goals out for what I want to accomplish every single day and I write them out physically because I just find that muscle memory and I do that for lines too, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure I don't know if you've done that with lines for Meisner. Parts. Yeah, exactly. Blue shirt, blue shirt. Yes, yeah. blue shirt, blue shirt. Yeah. So exactly. And so uh, so I definitely do that. And I find that the muscle memory of just writing out important things help, helps me to, to memorize them. So, uh, yeah. so, yeah, so I do write things, but I, I also, you know, do hybrid. I use a lot of the laptop as well, but I think, you know, just to me, just the act of writing out your thoughts, writing out your goals, and then just writing out things that are important to you, yeah. uh, really helps. But again, I give my, my family uh, credit for that technique as well. Yeah. And, uh, and very, very grateful. You get into a flow state when you're writing, like as a writer, as a poet, just, um, I was actually, before we met up, I wrote four poems. Oh my gosh. The fourth one was like, made me go to tears, but, but I had to sit down and start and focus and do it. So sometimes I'm in a flow, I'm doing it. And then sometimes I won't do it for a while. And you know, it's a, it's this internal battle, but it's a discipline. And it's important. Like you said, the muscle, because it develops and it's the muscle memory and it it supports us in our craft, you know, through education. You mentioned OT. So Mm. what's OT? You mentioned OT. What's OT? Yeah. For those that that are listening that don't understand uh, that abbreviation, it stands for occupational therapist. So they just deal with, you know, different types of activities that deal with motion and coordination, such as speech or grasping things in my case, uh, or writing cursive and different things in my case, but they also do, you know, a multitude of other skills, but that's what an occupational therapist helped me with. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Sure. Let's talk about you getting into acting, like when, cause you knew when you were six, yeah. entertainment was your bag. So then, then what happened? Yeah, absolutely. So Basically, uh, what happened there, I would have intermittent conversations with my family about, because they would always be like, what do you want to be? You know, are you kind of forming uh, this idea of what you want to be when you grow up? And uh, personally, in some cases, I I think we never do grow up uh, because we're artists. And I think we always have to keep that child alive in in some cases. But, But they would always ask me that because to them, a plan was always very important for later in life as we develop, as we become adults and different things. So they would ask me and I I would say, well, you know, I'd, I'd like to, you know, be a performer and be on camera. And then it became, no, it's not just a performer, but I'd like to, you know, be a broadcaster. And then it, and then it morphed, oh, well, I really like sports. So I think I'll be a sports broadcaster. But then as I began to go to university uh, and study and, you know, read the classics and understand Shakespeare and understand theater and understand you know, the bigger aspects of cinema and filmmaking. Uh, I said, no, you know, I think, you know, being a, a, an actor uh, and being able to, to, you know, exercise my art- artistic way through film uh, and television and writing and comedy and also through drama, you know, that's really what I'd like to do. And although, you know, my family was, you know, very hesitant at first just because of how competitive our industry is, Yeah. you know, they've just been extremely supportive and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. And then 
you know, your voice is very powerful and very unique. So like, mm. um, tell us your journey of, yeah. Cause like, I mean, now with voiceovers, you can do it from home. So you can book these jobs, like no matter where you are, like how was it for you when you um, got into voiceovers? Like when did you find out like, oh, I could be a voiceover actor. So that's funny. Um, that story starts when I had an internship when I was 19 years old uh, at the local sports radio station, Sports Talk 1050 WTKA, right here in Ann Arbor. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was sitting in one of the recording studios. You know, back then, uh, I guess DJs have like a limit uh, of commercials that particular talent can do within a certain amount of time. I don't know what the union restriction is on that at this point. But basically what happened was, is there was no DJ that could read a particular commercial that they needed right away. And I was doing my internship and I was filling out some things for the commercial spots on one of the computers in one of the recording studios. And immediately, uh, one of the program directors just bolts in and they go, Zach, have you ever read commercials before? We need you to read this. And I look at it. And of course, you know, it's typed for broadcast and typed for our industry and never seen, seen it before in my life. And you and, say, yes, of course I've done that. Yeah, yeah, of, course. <laughs> of course I can do it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, folks. And so they asked me, I said, of course I can do it. Now, here's the funny part. I start doing the take and because it's typed in all capitals, I start shouting at the top of my lungs because I think it like needs to be yelled, you know? Yeah. And of course the guy, the, the other guy, the audio producer. <laughs> they starts, think you're excited. Oh yeah. They think I, and they go, wait a minute, wait a minute, Zach, just tone it down. Just read it how you would be talking. And yeah. So then I read it and that was the start. Just reading that commercial for Mr. Roof in Ann Arbor. And wow. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. That's yeah. so neat. Thank fun, you. fun, fun, fun. So what are your current projects? Absolutely. Great question. So of course, we're still producing Ann Arbor tonight and doing those wonderful episodes and getting different guests on from around the city and all those great guests that come uh, from Ann Arbor. Uh, but then also- Wait. So just for like, you know, the dangling fruit, the sure. enticing- bells and whistles, the yes. shiny object syndrome, sure. who, are, who are some of your like maybe memorable experiences that, mm. you know, tickled your fancy for, for creating and meeting oh, certain man. people that have come on the show? Oh, it's yeah. That, that's such a great question, but it's also very hard yeah. because, you know, they're all you, your babies. Yeah. Yeah. You value them. But if I had to pick someone, because I really respect the, the guy and he's such a cool person, just like you, Katie, uh, I would have to say Mr. Greg Harden. Now, Greg Harden, worked for the University of Michigan, and he was an advisor to athletes and a sports psychologist. And so he would advise people like Desmond Howard or Tom Brady. Uh, by the way, Tom, congratulations on your retirement. Uh, but, uh, we, we miss you already, man. We miss you already. But, uh, but so... <laughs> wow, that's the first shout out to Tom Brady on my show. That's, got, got I, I feel like so popular now. Uh, you're a Michigan girl, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so Greg Harden, and he was so impactful because I asked him, I said, you know, Greg, what do you look for? You know, I mean, you, you counsel all these athletes. I mean, they're peak physical specimens, modern day gladiators, right? And then they pretty much have all these things going for them. But what is it that you do that kind of gets them over the hump? He goes, well, Zach, you know, peak athletes are just like anybody else. They have just, they have doubts, they have fears, they have all the things that other people have. And he goes, my job is to find out what they need to do to get to the next level. And so when I asked him what you look for uh, in terms of an athlete to be success, he said, well, Zach, when an athlete comes to the University of Michigan, they're the top. Mm -hmm. They're the top of the top. And so they have great confidence. He goes, but what I look for in the athletes is that they're still coachable. 
And, you know, I like to apply that to our business and show business as well. I think no matter what you've accomplished in show business or what shows you've done, how many shows on Broadway you've done, how many Emmys or Academy Awards that you've won, you still, as an actor and as a performer as an, and as an artist, excuse me, you still have to be coachable mm-hmm. by any director mm-hmm. or by any team that you're working with. Wow. Right? Yeah. I love that. I really identify because I think maybe that's why I've been able to do pivot and shift in life, um, personal and business, because I ran cross country, you know, to, oh, yeah. to be coachable. It's, it's so important. It's, that's great. Love that. Well, folks, she was the fastest in Michigan at one point, were you? Yeah, that's yeah. the Michigan Six in the Nation. Oh my gosh, see? Yeah. That's gracious. Yeah. Oh my Man. God, so cool. Yeah. Cool. That's a great, great story. Okay, so you have the show. Yes. Which is famous in Ann Arbor. Oh, uh, thank you. That's very good. Yes, so we have the show. And then on top of that, we have Zach Damon Productions, which is the production house that, you know, produces Ann Arbor Tonight, our flagship show. But we also produce, you know, uh, voiceover commercials for local brands and then web-based media. We just launched a comedy podcast. Uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, I saw and that. Congratulations. I'm following you. you guys. Oh, thank you. Shout out to the podcast. That's we'll, right. We'll, Shout we'll, out to Endless Popcorn. Okay, and we'll yeah. put it in the show notes. So, awesome. um, you know, all your materials. I mean, we're talking about it now, so you can tell your your social media handles, websites, how people can get in contact with you, but it will be in the show notes as well. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Endless Popcorn, uh, just a lot of fun. I ended up, you know, with Ann Arbor Tonight, you network with a lot of comics, go to a lot of comedy clubs to scout talent uh, that you're going to have because we have stand-up comedians on the show because it is a variety show. And uh, I went to the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase, one of my favorite clubs, my hometown club. And I saw this wonderful comedian. Uh, She's been uh, in comedy just over a year, but she's super talented. Her name's Adeline Harvey. And we started talking one night and she goes, man, you know, we have such fun conversations, Zach. And I said, yeah, it should be a podcast. And she goes, I've always wanted to do a podcast and so then the next thing you know you know uh about three or four months later we're in a studio and recording our pilot episode so super excited yeah congratulations i'm actually um i've been doing a lot of stand-up um comedy in new york the last eight weeks and i knew i was going to be in michigan so i googled the stand-up comedy open mic shows and i actually signed up for the one in ann arbor oh my gosh that's awesome yeah for so and then they they tell they email you if you get selected so i signed up for next week Uh, yeah so we'll see if they select me or not but oh my gosh that's awesome yeah well i hope you do but then if you're not selected uh i would still show and see if you can get on the short list let's do it yeah. let's go let's go yeah yeah let's go we'll, we'll go we'll go we'll have to go i want yeah. my mom and dad to come too yeah we'll so definitely. They, yeah yeah and then we'll talk offline about the other comedy clubs um absolutely. you know because there's and then my dad knows about one but i definitely want to go and like because yeah. even though i'm not in new york it's you can be anywhere oh, for sure. and do do the the stand-up comedy so yeah so it's really cool so you have the comedy podcast um there are a bunch of people i want to turn you on to so we'll talk about that more so sure so um and then so for the production side you're doing um and then I tell you do you know Mary Fashoni you know I don't, I don't. yeah so okay. she's my very good friend for years she's like my first agent but okay. um she has an agency so oh, cool. I'm gonna hook you up with her immediately oh, when we're done recording okay. and so you're connected with her okay. so for voice talent that, that's so cool oh thank you yeah that would be great uh and then yeah so in and then also you know I'm still acting and stuff so, yeah uh we recently just wrapped a great romantic indie comedy Gonna be on Amazon later this year called Get Real. So cool. super excited. Yeah. And congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And just, just such a great cast. And Christina Morales uh, Hemingway is the director. Uh, she's done Naked Angel uh, as well as Bride Plus One. Uh, so other romantic uh, indie comedies as well. 
uh, just so much fun to work with. I played a uh, supporting role. I was a backcountry bartender, but uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, we wrapped all the Michigan scenes uh, late last uh, December. Great, so, great. Yeah. And then how is it for you in Michigan? Are, do you have a representation or um, is it because you are a um, master at networking, oh, like, you know, you. like your Rolodex, you're just like all about that Rolodex, like, oh. you know, the relationships that you've nourished, like throughout the years, we've had conversations about this. Yeah. So did you book that through uh, a personal contact or did it come through your agency? Great question. So I booked the um, particular film based on the personal contact because Christina and I had actually worked on a previous film together, uh, Bride Plus One. So that's kind of how, you know, casting and uh, Get Real uh, came about. But I also do have uh, a management company that sends me casting uh, for different commercials and films and different things out in New York. So, uh, yeah. Cool. So, but, but I think, you know, both. I think, you know, not being afraid to network uh, and just tell others about yourself and what you're doing uh, at different events. But then also having good representation too. I think it's a fine balance. Do you agree? Oh yeah, definitely important. It's um, it's like you know the agency gets paid ten percent if it's a union, right? Right. And it's important to have a, a team and people who can look out for you. But no one is going to have the passion and drive and know what you want long term, your vision, but you. Like no one else will know your design, but you. Right. So you, we get to be the captain and the pioneers of our own ship. Yep, absolutely, and. Uh, you know, although it can seem, you know, daunting at times, I really think that in many ways it's the way to go, you know, until you're dealing with, you know, bigger entities, you know, and things like that. But I, I think it's definitely the way to go. And, you know, I didn't, I, I never envisioned to be like the captain of my own ship, so to speak, you know, mm -hmm. I just wanted to be a part of a great creative team yeah, uh, and act, you know, in film yeah. and television and theater and, and get and get paid to travel and, and make a living doing that. But then you know, the universe and, and God has other plans. You know, he says, no, I want you to learn all these other skills too and uh, and embrace them. Well, even more with technology, with social media, for yeah. your ethics, your morals, your values, like having a podcast, right? Yeah. It's like a, it's it goes full circle with acting of your brand so people know who you are, your Absolutely. vibe, what you, of, what you align with. And then the sound, the tone of your voice for voiceovers as well. It's like, it's like a trio. And with the social media, it's like, it's a business. It's, it's a social media marketing. It's a tool. And it's not just like posting selfies, but it's, what are you posting about? Like my last post I posted talking about World Poetry Day and um, my poetry book and and things of that nature. And but then my new book, The Actor. So when you're on social media, how is that tool for you? Are you utilizing the tool? Do you find it difficult? Because it's, it's mentally challenging. A lot of people have a hard time with social media. So how is it for you? Do you do it? Do you have a team? Are you like, how is it? What's going on? Great question. So first of all, I think you alluded to a great point just before I mean, talking about the different books. I mean, you know, being multifaceted and having multi branches, I guess, of who you are and your success, I think is going to create longevity. And, and you've done that. So you know, I encourage those people that if they say, oh my gosh, I've never done this before. I don't know how to do it. You know, don't just give up on it. Understand that the more skills you have, uh, the better, because then you're more bookable, more employable, right? Yeah. So I definitely agree. And then as far as your question on social media, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely do find it challenging, especially with, you know, multiple entities, like, you know, trying to constantly keep it, you know, up to date so that those are seeing what you're doing and different things like that. And uh, I don't necessarily have a social media team right now. Uh, so it's all myself kind of posting on all the social media platforms for all the work that we're doing. And yeah, it can, it can be tough. But what I try to do 
is just plan like a calendar post that I do, you know, like as often as I can. Yeah. Uh, and just plan that consistently so that the followers have consistency. And then they know that if they look on a certain time that, oh, they, they can see that and that'll be there. And then also I do my best to just be a bridge of success. I think that's a great tool that social media has become for all of us mm -hmm. is that it's not about the competition, in my opinion, of getting the most likes or the most followers, but look at it like a two-way street. Hey, if somebody posts something and you really like it, reshare it for them, you know, help them promote because then, you know, Hey, it can come back to you and they can help do the same thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also what you're, what you, what you see that inspires you. You want to reshare that because you're amplifying because you're a part of the ripple effect and you want to align with that. Like I have a friend who has a, a new movie and their premiere was in New York at an indie house. And, and I shared that and he saw it, but I shared it because it's like, I'm proud of him. He made a movie. Like yeah, that's yeah. a big accomplishment and he's a filmmaker and, yeah. and I'm an actor, but it's like, he's good people. And I've been able to witness his journey from afar. And so totally. I'm spreading that. So other people will see it and yeah. maybe go see the movie and then they share it. So I get to be a ripple effect yes. and we get to move the needle forward together gotta do it I yeah mean, it's not just like you know it's like reciprocated it for multi-dimensional ways more than what we even know right right i mean right. it could i didn't even see the film yet but mm. what if someone sees that film and it makes an impact for like their family or their relationship and i don't know and we're helping people in ways that we don't even know that's oh, out man. of our control yeah. and that the unknown is really exciting oh it is and, and you're so right i mean the impact that the arts can have uh, is just amazing in so many different ways. So I completely agree. And, you know, and I really respect, you know, your intuitiveness uh, about that, about how our actions not just affect ourselves, yeah. but it affects others. It's like a ripple in a pond. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Really important. Absolutely. Um, and I like what you said, consistency. I have a difficult time with consistency, but mm -hmm. I always like joke and say like, I am consistent at being inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Because yeah. I do so much, you know, yeah. but um, having a scheduler and like, you know, Meta, they have a scheduler that's free. So it's mm -hmm. important. But the, the hard thing for me is like having a team where you can trust them to like post content is one thing. But when you have like the perfectionist syndrome, when you have like the perfectionist syndrome and you want it a certain way, like especially if you're like in fashion or modeling or with colors, aesthetic, and it's your personal brand, you want it a certain way. So it's hard to trust like other people to do it for you. Right. So doing a scheduler program, you know, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks in advance where you sit down and do the bulk of it all is um, what I am shifting and moving to myself now for the longevity of consistency. Because yep. it's difficult, you know, as emotional beings, as yeah. just humans yeah. wanting to post, but you don't your dopamine's low or you're having a low day. And mm -hmm. as artists, you know, sometimes we're more introverted or growing through things just as humans. So yeah. it's important to consistency, but how do we apply those tools, right? And how do we find what works for us? Like there's no right or wrong. It's just whatever, if, if it fits the puzzle, it fits. If it doesn't, it just doesn't, yeah. right? Oh, completely agree. I mean, I couldn't agree more with what you said. And, and again, I mean, I think you bring up a great point. You know, I, I hope that listeners understand that, look, you know, if you are tired, if you are, if you are exhausted, you know, that's normal. Get some rest, you know, yeah. do what you need to do to replenish. But also, uh, you know, I encourage others to, you know, find ways to not get overwhelmed. And, and to me, like in production, it's just like production and what we do. 
pre-planning is always super important. So like, say you're, you know, how do I start a, a calendar for posting? Well, put it on your Google calendar, start like that. And, you know, just have it constantly pop up so that even if you forget, boom, a, a reminder pops up and you can post, but, you know, use your surroundings to your advantage Yeah. and do your best to just understand that everybody has a different journey. Everybody has a different pace. And like you said, artists are different. And if you need time to rest, rest, you know, get yeah. healthy. And a lot of people don't have money, but there's so many tools mm -hmm. out there like podcasts, YouTube, right? Like there's so many people are learning how to edit on YouTube. Like right. there's a YouTube video for anything you want to do. Oh, like, for sure. like it, it can't be the excuse of like, oh, you're privileged or you have money. You know, like I love DJing. And mm -hmm. so in your mind, you have to get the best gear and the best equipment, but no, you can get something that's used or secondhand or go to guitar center and go there and you know, build your synergy and your energy and make that your focus. And then, you know, you save up little by little to get something used or pre-owned instead of getting creme de la creme of something out of the gate, you know? So um, I wish I had that advice at a, at a younger age because like I would have been in the guitar centers often on DJ, on DJ, practicing all those DJ gears that you can practice on, right? I did the drums, but I never thought to go to like the controller apartment. I didn't even think about the controller department of the DJ, you know, right. but like it wasn't, it was like a boy's world. It wasn't like mm -hmm. a girl's, there wasn't DJ music school. I went to DJ music school in 2016, you know, and you played on all the equipment, but still the, the instructional made me feel insecure. Like mm -hmm. I allowed an, another human <clears throat> to make me feel insecure under the school program. And I went and spent $2,500 on equipment I actually didn't need. And I oh got insurance gosh. on it and I have it. And I've used it like three times because for me, I like pads. It's like poetry on right. a, um, pads. I like colorful pads. Yeah. I don't like actually using a laptop with the controller. For me, mentally, it's hard. Yeah. And it's like, I like it all in one. Right. So you can apply that. The listener can apply that same principle to whatever they want to do, you yeah. know? Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So I think that's super important. Oh, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, mean, I think I think you're right. Everyone learns differently. Everyone creates differently. And so the fact that you use the sound pads versus the laptop and the turntable and you know all that with the audio mix all in one i mean yeah it looks overwhelming it can be overwhelming and so yeah yeah i think as as you know the listeners tune in find what works for you and use that and you know if people say whatever you know or criticize you know that's fine. Everyone has their different opinions, but again, do what works best for you. And, you know, as far as the other comment you made before, like, oh, you've got to have money or, you know, that person's privileged. So they can just buy them. Look, none of that, none of that, in my opinion, is a huge deal. I mean, sure, everybody is from different backgrounds and, you know, different circumstances. But if all of us are committed and all of us care about our craft, like the person with the best equipment who has the most resources forever you know, if they're not committed to music or acting or filmmaking, if they don't do it, they're not going to know. And to me, that's for anybody. That's it doesn't matter whether you have six figures or whether you have zero dollars. What matters is the dedication to your craft, learning, reading, understanding history and understanding what works for you. And that will make you successful. Yeah, the key word you said was commitment by having that commitment. You know, the bells and whistles are important, but aren't that important. It's the commitment. It's, hey, it's yeah. yeah, the commitment is so important because like you said, like someone who has access to go buy all the things and it just sits there. It's like, oh, you just, you had the illusion you were able to get it, but it's just sitting there and no one's using it. Right. Whereas someone 
who would like really use it, be in gratitude. And those are the ones people are suffering who don't have it. So sometimes I like, I, I've been practicing minimalism since you started Zach Damon Productions in 2012. I yeah. was practicing minimalism mm. and it's almost better to have less clutter mm. and to be more of a minimalist and work with those raw essential tools, mm. your hands and your brain and certain limited resources, because then that's where you get to be, really be creative and put things together of the unknown. when you actually have that that emptiness or that that rawness that's why they say when you meditate you're actually supposed to meditate like not on a full stomach more like on an empty stomach right Mm -hmm. yeah you have to be well like well digested before you're supposed to be meditating there's this hunger Mm -hmm. this primalness that we have in our beings of being primal and like really going for something you know um yeah so i want to i want to shift shift into um training so let's talk about your training and media background yeah, absolutely. So uh, aside from, you know, doing the public speaking uh, when I was young, uh, you know, I alluded to how education was super important. So I ended up, you know, studying, you know, reading, I mean, getting books on, you know, the best filmmakers or the best films that I watched or, you know, studying, you know, Stanislavski and, you know, the actor prepares and, you know, different things. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I went to school, you know, went to film school and then uh, left film school after I felt that, you know, I fulfilled everything that I really needed to out of that. And then, uh, and then applied because I think the arts, any art is best by doing, you know, I, I think understanding critically, you know, art critically and understanding, you know, the differences, you know, between arts is, is fine. But I, I think when we're, when you're doing a craft such as voiceover or such as, uh, you know, film or theater, uh, there are crafts that are really best by doing. And I think writing is the same way too. Yeah. You know, so many people write a sentence and then what do we do? We erase it as soon as we write it. And, you know. Uh, I think, you know, education has its place to get you going, uh, to sort of teach in some ways, if you if you don't already know, uh, how to think critically in a certain way, uh, and how to, to make decisions and discern. But then, ultimately, regardless of the education, uh, going to do it is the most important thing. So as far as my education, I have had formal training, you know, in theater, voiceover work, acting, filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Where'd uh, you go? Yeah. So, uh, so I went to a junior college for a long while. I went to a community college and then I went to uh, Eastern Michigan University for a while. And then uh, I've also went to the University of Miami, Florida uh, for a little bit. So cool. Jumped, jumped around. Yeah. And uh, Miami life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was great. It was, it was great. But yeah, ultimately, uh, you know, you take as much as you can out of there. Uh, but what I learned, at least for me uh, in the, in the academic setting, uh, would it, it, they were more about, you know, the the academic, you know, book side, and that's fine. And, and I soaked up as much as I could out of that. But with our field, it's more about doing. So I was more about mm-hmm. jumping in and trying to go to the studio uh, and trying to just get work done and learn techniques of the camera, learn how much headspace an interview guest needed. Uh, learning headspace what do you mean headspace yeah so headspace uh basically you know if you don't have enough headspace like you're cutting someone off right there yeah yeah so you want to make sure so on camera yeah on camera so you want to make sure you know uh, as a producer that uh it's on the hour yeah that's right it's on the hour (laughs) let's go so you want to make sure that everyone just has enough headspace so people's heads don't get cut off (laughs) different height yeah things like that and you you can only learn really what those techniques are or a good pan or you know things like that uh, or a good zoom or how to do a slow pan or a slow zoom you can only learn those things by doing them in my opinion not so much by yeah by yeah 
Well, I love uh, I love two words. You keep saying like doing, doing, doing. Well, acting yeah. is in it's a verb. It's it's in action. Yeah. You know, that's what we are as human. We're, you know, we're I mean, we're human beings, you know, yeah. in action by applying. And I love how you say critical, like mm. critical thinking is, you know, so important because it, it's the one to 100, like that thing in your mind, like, oh, I can do that. But OK, what's the two to 99, the in between? Absolutely. I, I agree. And, you know, really the best way to learn things, I mean, you alluded to the YouTube videos, but my grandfather growing up, he would say, look, Zach, education is very important. But to get a foundation, you know, if you really under, again, if you really understand language, you know, you can read a book and understand how to do something, if you know how to read and, you know, apply that knowledge. And sure, you'll make mistakes, uh, but you can still learn how to do it. So my grandfather would say, well, if you know language and you know how to read, you can learn anything you want. And it's really true. Great advice from grandpa. Love that. That's right. So honing it in here, um, yeah. what is our one or two books that mm. with the craft that you want to recommend to someone to uh, read or listen to on audio sure. and or just like a spiritual book or just a, a like a mentorship book that really supported your journey along the way? It could be for the craft or personal. Sure, man. I'll give a couple personal because I think for me, uh, from my experience, it's been, you know, more about me personally just continuing continuing to set goals and, and stick to those and different things. So one of the, and it's a very short read, but Don Miguel Ruiz, mm. uh, The Four Agreements, love that book. I still go back and read it all the time because yeah. it's super important. Don't so, take anything personal. Yes. Number one. That's right. Always do your best. Number four. That's right. Uh, let's Be impeccable see. with Be your impeccable word. Be impeccable with your word. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So there you go. And and again, those principles really do work and they are amazing. Yeah. So I recommend that short read to yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm reading a great book by right now by Tim Grover, who is the uh, trainer for Michael Jordan, as well as Kobe Bryant and uh -huh. other athletes. Mm -hmm. It's called Winning. And it basically talks about how in everyone's different lives, you know, winning is different, but it's winning is never a goal. It always moves. So the point then is being like, you know, keeping your drive, keeping your goal setting and, and, and how you really get to you know, bigger goals that you really want to achieve. And so I've really enjoyed uh, that book as well by Tim Grover. So both of those, I would say, you know, the four agreements and winning. You know? Okay, great. And lastly here, um, and then I would love to have you back on the podcast. We'll talk oh, sure. more, but we definitely just love to highlight your duty roles with Astro Access. So yes. um, when did you get involved with them? And <laughs> and let's talk about um, Astro Access for a few moments. Oh. I had the opportunity to meet some of the people um, when I was at our Basel in Miami. And yeah. that's so wild that you're, you know, <laughs> a deputy and, and let's talk about your role there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm so excited uh, to be working with them. It's just so serendipitous how that came about. I mean, I've always had a fascination uh, with flight and space. My grandfather was a pilot in World War II and worked on bombers as a, a pilot in the Army Air Corps uh, as a corporal. Uh, so a lot of good history there. And then, yeah, I just <laughs> one summer a couple of years ago, I actually was applying for the flight crew. I wanted to be on the flight crew for one of their zero gravity missions. And I thought that would be really neat because I always wondered as a person who uses arm crutches, you know, and, and has a difficult time at times navigating this world of gravity. I always thought to myself as a youngster, gosh, you know, in space, there is no gravity. And so everyone is like even. And so I'm sure that I could just do so many more things uh, and be so much more capable uh, in, in space rather than, than on this gravitational pull of our planet. So I was always very fascinated and always really had thought, gee, even though I'm limited here physically with gravity, 
with my disability in space. Everyone uh, is on an even playing field and your legs aren't even needed. So I should be, you know, doing great things. And yeah. So, so I applied. Uh, I wasn't, so, I mean, it's very, very tough selection. People apply from all around the world to be a part of the flight crew. But long story short, I joined a few of their committees and then uh, I was very fortunate to be asked to be their deputy director of development. So I got involved with the organization, um, you know, helped them uh, with a lot of development things leading up to their flight in 2022 in Houston, uh, which was a huge success. And, uh, and then uh, they're doing another flight coming up uh, in May in conjunction with MIT uh, in Boston. So just a lot of great things. I really love working in development and Really, I just give credit to the organization uh, and to the team. Yeah. And, um, well, you know, when you were there, they were doing a fundraiser uh, for art, you know, and raising money yeah. for the mission that way with Sawyer uh, Rosenstein, who's an amazing, amazing guy. I've only, uh, you know, we all work remotely across the world and around the country. So the only time we really interact with one another is when, you know, we have a full mission and a full team is needed. So yeah. you know, we don't see each other as much as we'd like, but we do our best to keep in touch. And that's so great uh, that you connected with them. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Sawyer. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, that has been a very impactful episode. We'll definitely love to have you on in the near future and we can go more in depth with uh, Astro Access and more about your career and life. Zach Damon, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Katie, for having me on She's All Over the Place. I do appreciate it. And folks, please listen and follow her on all of the social media platforms. She's all over the place. Katie, you're doing great things. Thanks. Oh, yeah. That, thanks. I, I, I was so deep in, I forgot. Yes, please share me. Make sure you're liking, subscribing. Share this episode with at least one to three people on social media platforms. And um, look at the show notes so you can um, connect with Zach and check out his podcast. Thank you so much. Good vibes to you. Ciao. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out. <laughs>